selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits. Making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Barniston, he is the Pyramid. It's going to be the funniest show ever because I'm all about the comedy and the money, money. baby. How much you get paid? And his partner, Fader Top End Stevenson. From Mexico City to Beef Community Center, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name is Rob Florence and I am joined as ever by the great man himself, Grado, and the great man also himself, producer John. And it's an exciting week in the world of professional wrestling because... The World Wrestling Entertainment Organization, known <laughs> previously known as the WWF, World Wrestling Federation, promoted by Vince Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr., uh, rolled into Glasgow into the Hydro to entertain the people of Glasgow with, uh, let's call it um, feats of athleticism that are predetermined but not fake. Grado, you were at the show, weren't you? I wasn't at the show. Grado was not at the show. John, you were yes. at the show, weren't you? I was at the show. I was at the show. Couple of hot takes from me. Why can wrestlers, after all this time, still not say Glasgow instead of Glasgow? That's what they do. Bianca Belair, incredible. What a performer. Unbelievable. Dolph Ziggler, one of the best heels in the business, stole a Wayne's uh, Money in the Bank briefcase and attempted to cash it in. Fucking brilliant <laughs> chat. Absolutely fantastic. Um, also, biggest pop, well, one of the bigger pops of the night. I'm sure Finn Balor came out and said, Glasgow, it's your cell. 
on the mic to a hydro and everybody cheered for it. So officially, Grado is still over. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you, you like see me, you text me that. I obviously never went to the show and I'm sitting with Stephanie watching the telly and that, and you text that. I'm going, Stephanie, somebody just went and said it's yourself. No, that in the front of the crowd, and the crowd has gone mad. Apparently, never <laughs> She's going, what, what, who, who's Finn Balor and all that? And I'm going, oh, fuck off, listen. Anyway, so the, earlier on in the day, I never... I like to call him Fergal Devitt, Prince so Devitt. I like to call him, because I'm a proper wrestling fan, so I call him Prince Devitt. I kind of wait until Prince Devitt comes to AEW. Carry on. It's funny how I do that, you know, right? Because obviously, so I hate going to the hotel. The WWE guys are there. I think it's awkward if you're... Uh, anyway, never mind. I had to go to get the interview with Drew, and I was going to get interviews for other wrestlers that were on the, the press conference thing right so i was going to get i was going to get audio for drew and then i was going to get i was told that i was going to get time with bianca Belair, ginger mahal and fergal devitt but it was like between half one and five o'clock and drew was up first and i went oh fucking hell damn off so and it was quite good to see drew and stuff like that it was well get ten into a wee room and uh there was your inside the ropes and all that was there and other kind of journalists and stuff like that. And then Drew come in and was was blathering in the waiters. Um, but that's, I mean, he was, I'm, are we going to play the audio on this podcast? Have we got yeah. to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, the, it's not really kind of wrestling dafty about the questions. It's mere for, you know, breakfast radio. Kind of that's all right. Don't, well, don't, sure. start to, don't start to fucking make a defence <laughs> for your shitey uh, questions. Are you saying things like, uh, have you have you ever had a deep fried uh, Mars bar? <laughs> Mate, you're fucking you're you're no far off that. You're no you far off that. Have you ever tasted iron brew? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so funny, mate. That's so funny. Rado, I so... thought, like, I thought you said, <laughs> 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 message so going, I've got an interview with Drew, and I thought you were sitting down with my one-to-one with I thought, oh, brilliant, this will be great for the podcast. And then I spoke to our friend, uh, Gary Cassidy, from Inside the Ropes, who used to do the Mark show. He said, I Grado was in with the media scrum. Now, my question is, right, you're sitting with all these marky journalists, right? And you're sitting there. <laughs> Drew walks into the room. He suddenly sees you going, what, what's we got? What the fuck? Well, I had pre-warned them. I did pre-warn right. them, right? right. And, and it was all rules, right? Well, there wasn't that many rules, but it was wear your mask, take off your mask, don't get your picture wearing without a mask or that's going to carry on. So I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, right, mate, I'm sitting with these journalists and all that. Fucking... And then uh, Go Radio's uh, press kit was um, like headphones with a big long mic, like JR. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I want that man, I want that JR with that one geezer. So I'm sitting there with like, all these guys on notepads and I'm sitting with a fucking big commentator. Like, he walks in, are you doing, mate? <laughs> He's like, I'm like, are you doing, Drew? And uh, it's funny because the WWE yeah, publicist guy was like, ah, he goes, it was kind of awkward when you were talking to Drew with your questions because it felt like we were just listening to a phone call. Because <laughs> I didn't want, I didn't want like, like, I was saying to the, or the, the, the lovely journalist from about me, I was like, I don't want to make this about me. You know how I can have a tendency to go in there and start talking about myself and all that, right? Instead of putting myself yeah. over. But, like, um, the, f- the first question that somebody asked was, uh, I think it was Gary, he was talking about the book, and he went, is there anything you would have put in the book that we know would have put in the book? And he goes, well, we've got a guy here that complained about only being in one page in the book. Because <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot I'd done that video where I looked at, I got the book and I looked at the front page. Scrolled down, I was like, fuck this, put it to the back now, it tells you at the back if your name's right. been mentioned. Yes. Fun Grado, man, I went out, right, page 205, and it was like, uh, even TNA wrestler Grado, who was a good guy, and even he got booed that night. <laughs> that 
<laughs> so he saved the bitman in the film, but I was fucking devastated. So it kind of started off, and it was like, I felt as if, right, I better relax, I better not start us. So I did ask all the questions, like, it was all like, well, we've been starved entertainment in the UK for the last uh, couple of years, specifically wrestling. We're now getting back in track, but we've been starved. How does this feel for you personally, Drew? So we're going to have we're going to be able to hear that today. for the listeners. And then then I started talking about the Rangers game, which obviously had to be edited for go, but you'll be able to hear the full version because he was because we were having a conversation at one point. He was like, "Were you invited to the surprise party?" And I'm going. No, I was meant to be Ibrox and you were meant to come out. Oh, that's right. Aye, that's right. The Rangers game kind of hang we just kind of talking away. But um, so we done that and then the work, this this must have finished about quarter past two. She went, right, Bianca Belair's coming at four o'clock. You've got time to waste. I went, I'm not for that. Fuck it. Because I'm sure I was 10 years ago. But my ass, Bianca Belair. I don't know. I can she's done great and she's only been there for a year and stuff like that. And by all means, she's a great athlete because Davari was telling me that she has like the, the female cut angle. She's tremendous. She's incredible. She's incredible. Aye. Right, so, but I, I, as I don't watch, I don't really know. And that's 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 my issue. That's my issue. <laughs> I don't watch the product. <laughs> so, um, but I that, had the, two questions if I'd have been in that media scrum for uh, for Drew. My first question would have been, how can it be the same team? Oh, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> and my second question would be, of course, are you a pro too? <laughs> How would they be not? Superb, superb. Well, see, so Divai takes me the night before. And says you coming? He says me and Abyss are running it. So they were like doing the. They were the two agents assigned to make sure everything goes all right with stuff like that. And of course, obviously, I've kept Abyss for years and years and years. So. It came out of there, the wee radio. We and you like Davari as well, didn't you? He's a good mate of yours. Oh, he's brand new, man. He's great, man. So I went up and sat in his room, chilled out, man. Put myself over, telling him about all the, the things that I've been doing. And all that. Now that way, try to make him... Because he's obviously no similar. I've been doing this, I've been doing that. I've done that seriousness, I've done that, and I've done this. Right. <laughs> okay, I, mean, like, then, I know Jim Carnets says I've retired, know that, but... <laughs> and um, then Abyss came in and I met oh, I've not seen Abyss in like two years. It was very emotional. Big cuddle for the big man. Oh. I saw your photo, he's looking well as well. Oh he? man, it's just funny seeing him like with his suit on and that. He's usually wanting a bit like a big tramp with a big fucking tie dye t shirt, man. 6XL with a bit, an old fanny bag for 19 canteen full of receipts and all that. I'm going, where's your, where's your old bum bag? He's going, that's up the stairs, brother, up the stairs. So we sat down in a wee seat, man, we're talking away and we're t- talking about all the different things that's happened and stuff like that. Talking about back in the Back in the TNA days, talking about the terrorist attack that we were involved in due to the Pulse nightclub, which was a bit of an issue. You remember that? I've told you about that, haven't I? <laughs> you were involved in a terrorist attack? Yeah, attack. Wait, I never involved told you this. I've never told you this. No. Mate, you know that Pulse nightclub? Aye. We were literally like three blocks away for that when it happened. We were 50, 50 folk were killed. Working? We're, no, we were in sleeping in hotels by this point because it was two in the morning. Oh, right, right, right. The next hold day. on, hold on. Right, so you were near a terrorist attack. You were well, involved in a terrorist attack. You were about well, half well, a mile away from a terrorist attack. I, I mean, when I say, right, I was, right, well, we were about six blocks away, but obviously I had a, I actually had a, a, a column in the Daily Record at the time. And I think six blocks went for three to two to, <laughs> I, was only in, I was only in to watch the football. <laughs> This is like this is like me living in Helensborough up the road for Faz Lane and going, I'm involved in driving nuclear submarines. <laughs> no, the terrorist attack affected us because Slammiversary was the next day. 
right? Right. Right. And so we all had to get in early. We all get pulled in and checking everything up. But the fact that the, the big issue was we pulled into Universal Studios. This was about 11 o'clock in the morning. He's listening. Of course we're listening. Right. This is about 11 o'clock in the morning, right? And it's Universal Studios, right? Now, bear in mind, this terrorist attack happened through the night, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally hours prior. And we get sent to Universal, and all you hear is the roller coasters. And we're walking for the kind of parking lot bit, and I'm going to abyss. I'm going, fucking 50, there's 50 dead, there's 50, my words were at the time, I go, 50 dead cunts there. There's 50 dead cunts lying in that Pulse nightclub, and these cunts are fucking on roller coasters. And he goes, come on, dude, they're on vacation, bro. They paid good money. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, bro. They saved up a lot of money. They're just out for a good time, brother. I always piss myself when I buy tickets. I was only kind of joking, right? Aye, anyway, aye. so we were talking about that. Right? <laughs> Come on, bro. They paid their money. <laughs> anyway, we're talking away. And um, we're talking about... Um, I can't remember what we're talking about. The Blue Abyss goes... Because uh, Abyss is like... He's not real sometimes. <laughs> That's the way I'm going on. He's not, he's not real. So like, he goes, Hey, dude, did you like that match with me and you in Ottawa? <laughs> kind, of, kind of match we talk about on this yeah, every I- week. It was weird that he said that, and I was like, oh, well, oh, come on. I mean, I was wearing my pre-mount jeans. I couldn't get up to the top of the rope, but fucking uh, the, the finish was fin- the finish was screwed and all that, and I kind of went, all right, I get it. I, that, that was a lot of shit, wasn't it? I mean, EC3's pal did say it was the worst pay-per-view match he's ever saw live. I told him that, and he was like, really, bro, really, bro? He's a bit like that. So I, there you go. That's my we still got my picture. But he's, so he looks back fondly on that match. He, he does. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet, isn't it? I'm no joking. He does. He does. That, he did you, did you go for dinner? Did you have dinner? I went. For, uh, well, he he got fed at the catering, but we made the Varia and then Otis came as well. Where, where did you and the Varia and Otis go? We just sat at the the hotel thingway, hotel lobby, and got a munch there. Was it all right? What'd you have? Uh, and then I met I seen Ray, seen Ray, caught, caught with Ray and Dominico. Nice. Uh, Nice. Mm-hmm. They uh, they were just coming in, and I was talking away to them, and I'm going, "Fuck, I might have known you would come in with the, the flannels bags, bags of flannel stuff, because I mean they're all Louis Vuitton and blah blah blah." But it's funny to see them all going to cruise and flannels and that with the company Glasgow, and it was nice to see some fans that I've no saw for ages and ages as well, because it's like folk that you would usually wait outside ICW and stuff like that, waiting out the hotel at WWE, so it was nice to see Wee Maxo and Thomas and all these wee guys that are always running everywhere, because I've not seen these wee, marks or these wee, wee marks. guys, these wee guys for a year and a half, do you know what I mean? So John, how was so, John, how was the show itself? How would you how would you rate it out of 10? It's a house show, isn't it? I took the wee man, the wee man enjoyed it, and you do realise that when you go to these things, wrestling's not for us, it's for the Waynes, isn't it? We enjoy t- sitting here talking about it and we'll talk about Tony Cam, we'll talk about booking and all that sort of stuff and where it's going, the product and all that. But it's for the Waynes and that's what you realise. Yeah, Dynamite, these... Dynamite last night was for was for Rob Florence, wasn't it, for the Waynes? Oh, right, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I, it's, kids love it. The kids love it. And you I know mean, what? They put the WWE, I mean, it's fucking expensive and the amount of money they must make is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, the kids love it. They put on a show for the kids and they had a... My wee, my, my wee boy enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was thoroughly entertained. And but did you nearly say my wee man enjoyed it? 
What match in particular did you man enjoy? <laughs> I won't say. Go on. Yeah. See the way you're saying that, right? About for the range and that, you're bang on. But you know who else love it? I know. The wrestlers, I can assure you, they would have had a ball at that last night. Oh, Ziggler was in his element. Ziggler was brilliant. He stole a title off a Wayne, was pretending he was the champion walking about. The Money in the Bank briefcase spot where he stole it off a Wayne and tried to cash it in was brilliant. He was in his element. How was my man Corbin? How was my man Corbin? Oh, he was good, Rab. That's this gimmick stuff. Getting all the old patter, you know, Glasgow, England and all that sort of chat, you know. Yes, good partner. Love it. I've, I know that you this one, right? See, so Davari goes up and he goes, I'm in room 925, right? So I get something to lift and I'm walking along, right? And you're kind of like, oh, this is a wee bit kind of, I don't know. And he comes out. So I fucking walks on, I chaps 915, didn't I? 915. But I realise it's 925. So I went, do, 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 do. And as a clap, Chapped it, I realised I've got the rang door, so I ran down the hall, and who's coming up the other hall, Baron Corbin? I'm like, right, mate. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, before it, somebody comes up the other one. A bit of Glasgow tradition for him, a bit of chap, chap door running. <laughs> a bit of chappy, man. Right. Oh, okay. but listen, here, I know I'm getting all excited and all that, but you've not got to remember, I've not seen these folk for a couple of years. I've not had any wrestling interaction with MD for a couple of years, so it was brilliant just to see folk. Mate, That's why I'm all excited, man. It's a great thing when the big company, when the biggest wrestling company in the world comes to your hometown and somebody shouts out your catchphrase, that tells you something, doesn't it? Oh, I had a hang with Finn Balor, aye. that was nice. Aye. That was tells good. you something. Uh, now, let's see what the punters are saying. Stephen kicks his off, right? Uh, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega in a main event feud. AEW playing in easy mode. There's only one Tony can. So Stephen's excited about... Uh, Everything that's happening at AEW. Uh, oh, so now, did, did you watch it last night? I, I actually woke myself up at four to watch the stereo. We'll talk about this later. <clears throat> Okie doke. And burying and putting over, mate. Okay. Um, now, last week we asked you to, to suggest celebrities that were wrestling fans, and a celebrity has actually responded. Uh, Dunks tweeted celebs who love wrestling and put into the tweet Russell and Kelly from the band block party and then Kelly then get back to us and said to be honest I'm not really a fan of wrestling but I did really enjoy that Total Diva show about the female division in WWE so Kelly from block party isn't a fan of wrestling Um, so we know that for sure but he does like Total Divas it's a bit like my sister it's a fucking weird it's almost like a sentence I never thought I would ever say I was on Twitter it came up like obviously Kelly messaged back on her her Twitter feed because they dated wrestling daft and Kelly I was like that's Kelly for blog party message about Total Divas that's a bit mental was that really aye well Bronze Cello says that celebrity wrestling fan is Melissa Joan Hart uh, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch there was cameos for wrestling daft favourite Big Sexy Kevin Nash and Billy Gunn apparently uh, it doesn't Aye. necessarily mean she's a fan though, does it? And Craig says Adam Sandler is a big wrestling fan. Uh, amazing he's never done anything more than a ringside appearance considering how many wrestlers he has cast in his films. Of course, uh, the big show was in The Waterboy, wasn't he? I remember yeah, that. he was, aye. Is he a big wrestling fan? I think I so, just, aye. Are we just assuming that because he showed up? It was this wrestling next I had no idea. Uh, Rick Rubin. Stevie has suggested Rick Rubin, uh, the inventor of the Rubin sandwich, my favourite favorite sandwich. <laughs> He's a massive wrestling fan and told Jericho he still watches on average six hours of wrestling every week, just like Ogredo. 
See, I know that. I see, I know that. I know that because he's a big producer guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's another a video of Triple H going to his house. There is actually now. You can have ha- seen that. Going to yoga or something. Like that. Yeah. Now, after the chat last week, I wasn't here for apologies, everybody, for that. Uh, we've reached out to former Bolton and Middlesbrough centre half David Weeter, who last week liked one of our tweets to see if he wants to come on the show, and it's looking good, isn't it? It is. I uh, mess. I, I messaged David Tweeter, um, saying, "Follow us, mate. Um, we'd love to have you on the show." Now I'm just trying to check the messages because I did message him saying he followed us back. He liked wrestling daft on Twitter, and I messaged him, and he said, "Here we go. Yeah, perfect for me. Let me know what date." So oh, yeah. former England international, Middlesbrough and Bolton centre half, David Tweeter may be on the show next week. <laughs> It's a bit, a bit stalkery, that, isn't it? It's like, I, I like uh, John's producing kind of stalking guys and stuff like that, and uh, I like it. No, blame his you, man. If you there know a celebrity that's a wrestling fan, please let us know out them so we can get them on the show. It's time to get some celebs on this. No, after Grado talked about NXT names, Big Boy says, here's a few NXT names for you uh, that, you know, get names that you could imagine they'd come up with for NXT. James Haggis McTavish. Maybe, no, I don't know about that. Doesn't it sound NXT AV? Whip Jenkins does, though. Whip Aye. Jenkins sounds right. Hoop Flanagan, that that's a good up. one as well. <laughs> John Doe, nah. <laughs> Virgil Valentine, mm. Sputnik O. Mallard, mm, I don't know. Jordy's got some there. Trump Stains, mm. Johnny Popper. That's maybe ECW. Slip, yeah, Slip Rhodes, sounds like ECW as yeah. well. Billy Blinkers, no. sounds like uh, Pro 2. Tam Pax. He's hardcore, always doing first bloods, tampax like a tampon. Very good. Jordy. I'm going to move on for Jordy now. It's just un- unacceptable. It? I'd like to apologise to tampon users out there. Rico couldn't let it go either. And has Lucky Dawn Honey Oh, hold on. Lucky Dawn Honey O Lordy. What the fuck? These what are the all fuck? fucking joined in together. Lordy Cranston Mexican. No, hold on a minute. Right. There is no punctuation here. So I'm just going right. to take this as one name, right? So this right. is Rico's one name he suggested. Lucky Don, Honey, Oh Lordy, Crab Walk, Cranston, Lexicon, Wordsmith, Ready to Go, Ricky Rocks, Dominance, Hendrix, The Fracture, Chad Jones, Washington, The Third, Sleepy Jackson, Flashdance, Calcutta, Rat Bastard, The Corpse, Fergus Barrow, Samantha, Sun, Ruddy, Good Day. That's not too bad, actually. That would be great if a wrestler had a really long name like that. No, there's been another spot of wrestling teams being used at football matches. David King flagged up. Why the fuck is Hulk Hogan's tune blaring at Tannadice at the Dundee Derby? Was it, John? I didn't see this. I didn't see this. But, uh, yeah, it has been reported that we're playing Real American up at Tannadice at the weekend. I don't know why. Well, you wouldn't see it, John. You would hear it. That is true. That is true. Um, Rab, you're going to need to get the West uh, University voice out for the next bit. Oh, here we go. Absham, Absham got in touch and said, uh, so this is Absham, uh, this is going to annoy Rob, I think, but here goes. I don't understand the hype about AEW. I'm trying, I really am. It's just an indie promotion to me. Everything from the matches to the shots at WWE just reminds me of an indie promotion. Maybe it's just my taste, but I preferred Reigns versus Cena over everything on All Out. To put it in perspective... My favourite match at All Out was Punk versus Darby, which is saying something because I hate Punk and have done for over a decade. 
When you go online and read the review of the show, that match is probably everybody's least favourite on the show. People were saying it was a nice and easy match in order to ease Punk back into wrestling. For me, it was the best match because it told the best story. Everybody was marking out about the Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, even though that was nothing more than a 35-minute spot fest. I know WWE isn't the best right now, but I still look forward to watching Raw and SmackDown more than AEW. Sting, Jericho, Christian, they're all favourites of mine, <laughs> but even they can't get me into AEW. The new signings definitely don't. Adam <laughs> Cole is just a skinny superkick spammer. He hits a hundred of those in every match, yet he still managed to botch the kick to Jungle Boy. <laughs> Daniel Bryan has always been hot and cold for me. <laughs> Team Hell No and the Planet's Champion, but the Goody Two Shoes underdog gimmick wasn't my favourite. I hate Punk. I think the guy's a scumbag with an inferiority complex. He might have been wrong by WWE, but remember this is the same guy that was moaning because he felt he should be higher than The Rock versus Cena at WrestleMania 28. He also felt he was too big to face and lose Undertaker at WrestleMania 29. He said as much on Cabana's podcast. If that doesn't show you the guy's got a screw loose, then I don't know what does. Speaking of Cabana, he's one of a list of people that hate punk. I seem to remember Grado mentioning a story of a few of Punk's peers popping when he got knocked out in the UFC. That should show you the type of guy he is. But just because he's in the AEW now, everyone suddenly thinks he's a messiah. That's a good point, by the way. Anyway, rant over. What do you guys think? Am I wrong to not enjoy AEW as much as others? Or can you understand where I'm coming from? Well, Gredo. I think he's taking life too serious, mate. Let me tell you. How anybody who is into wrestling, can he just look at the way things are just now and Light look up. at what's happening with AEW and how hot AEW is and how great that promotion is right now? How can you ignore that? How can you not see that? It's not like, there, it's not like there's something to get here. It's not like there's something, they're doing anything weird or anything gimmicky that you need to be of a certain mindset to get. They are just booking beautiful wrestling matches and wrestling storylines and the fashion that has been established historically as something people want to see. That's it. There's nothing to get. Listen, there's, as, as you all know, I Nothing really gets me up for watching wrestling, but as I said, I woke my, I got up for five, I got, well, quarter to five, I got up to go to the radio. Uh, I woke myself up at four the day. And I went, oh, do you know what? I'm going to actually see the start of that match, the Omega and, and Brian Danielson match. Fucking, what, a, what an atmosphere. What an atmosphere. How can anybody know take that in as a wrestling fan and not enjoy that? That's what wrestling's all about, the crowd. The thing is, See, they know the difference between AEW and WWE. See the WWE, it's like going to see. Like, John, last night, you went to see that last night, John, because it's WWE in it. You go yeah. and you come and watch the production and you come and you boo and you cheer, but that's to the extent of it. But if you're a, a wrestling fan and you go to AEW, you're part of the show. You go and, you you know, you can you can make something with the crowd at AEW. Do you get what I mean? There's something, there's something about it where fans can turn up, go bush, everybody's singing for the same hymn sheet, 
They all want a good time. Everybody loves wrestling. And that's the biggest difference I think is watching with WWE and AEW. AEW, you don't know what's going to be happening next. WWE, you don't really care what's going to happen next. But AEW, it's less produced. It's not as produced as WWE. They've not got all the, the fancy, the fanciest stuff. Like a bit, like WWE, I mean, it is overproduced, let's be honest. It's three years. It's full of like all the trickery, the camera trickery that they put on their shows. AEW is, oh, it's just, it takes you back, man. But it's not even just about getting taken back because I was thinking about this after I watched Dynamite this morning. I watched it this morning, caught up on it, and I was thinking to myself, this is better. This show is better than WCW was back in the day when it was beating WWE. Like, this is a better wrestling show than that was. That was in mean, Nitro at that time. It was like three hours long. There was a lot of shite on it as well. You would get that good stuff at the start. You would get the kind of cruiserweight stuff at the start and the luchadors and all of that, you know, I and mean, then things would, business would pick up again in the, in the third hour and stuff. But there was a lot of shite. There was a lot of Van Hammer and fucking Disco Inferno and a lot of shit as well. Whereas you watch this two-hour dynamite every week. I mean, I'm, I'm tuning into weekly wrestling shows again, you know what I mean? Right. And you're seeing great matches. I felt like every match on the card is, is, is a, a great, or at least a solid a solid match, solid competitive match, and they, they seem to have managed to thread the needle on that thing of like every match feeling like it matters. Whereas I feel like when you're watching WWE, you just feel like none of the matches matter. All right. On what did you think of that later, John? What did you think of that? I, I mean, yeah, it's interesting you're saying that, Grado. It's like, is a do you think WWE's for the Waynes and AEW's for the likes of us? Do you think we've got to that point where where, where that's the case? I mean, you can't imagine Wayne's, you taking a Wayne to the, I mean, I'm sure like Jungle Boy and Darby and all that will be over the Wayne's, but you can't imagine taking a Wayne to an AEW show. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you're right, all right. Yeah, I mean, I think WWE is, and, and, and I think WWE is a kid's promotion, right? There's no doubt about that now. Um, and I think, or a family promotion. It's a big family show is yeah. what it is. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a, there's a place for that. Uh, and uh, if anything, if you love WWE, you should still be celebrating the fact there's a product out there that is new there for the wrestling fan. And 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 I don't mean that in a kind of wanky way where there's always been Ring of Honor and there's always been New Japan and all of that that are for like hardcore wrestling fans. But AEW isn't quite like that either. AEW is for a kind of mere, for a wrestling fan who appreciates great wrestling but still wants to have fun. Still doesn't want to take it too seriously. You know what I mean? Uh, and it was just something about we'll talk about it later, but I don't I don't agree. I think I don't understand why you can look at AEW now and no go, right, there's something spe- special happening here. You can see how special it is by the fact it's um it's got so much buzz. You know, the fact that the fact that a WWE fan there has written out a big giant paragraph about how he feels about it just proves how significant it is. How much it matters. Anyway, it's just too serious. Come on, I like the funny stuff. Keep going. All right, sorry, let's keep going. Uh, last week, Wesley put forward the question, if you had a wedding, what wrestlers would you include in your day? Um, Cameron says, the Dudley boys could help set up the wedding reception, get the tables. Very good. Jimmy says, the Godfather could arrange the stag do. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we'll never be a family show, will we? With this kind of part. John <laughs> says, have the kinky party organise a stag. <sighs> Sean says, Heidenreich could get a reading during the meal. Heyman could introduce the bride and groom, and the APA as the bouncers. Bob's your uncle says, Gene Snitsky could punt the flower bouquet. 
Bruno says Funaki or Mr. Fuji would be my dream ministers. Don't ask why. Craig says Triple H to drug my ex-wife, take her to Vegas and marry her, thus saving me five years of misery. (laughs) (laughs) And and Stephen said, not quite part of the wedding here, but my partner Amanda wants Grado to be the stripper at her hen night. (laughs) Saw that on Twitter, I replied to it. How much would that cost, Grado? I just buy £500, £50 deposit, £100 for my scans to come off. And Chrissy wraps us up. He says, uh, I'm sure during the Brian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs match the other week in Dynamite, the commentators called Cage's F5 Deep Sea Diverticulitis. Bit fucking tight, that. Is there any other offensive bad taste names used for wrestling moves that people can think of? What is the? Oh. What are the bad taste... Wrestling move names you can think of there, people. Let us know for next week. And if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or email us at Wrestling Daft at gmail.com. Every week we separate the bad for the good in wrestling and every other sitcom in UK television from the Scots. <laughs> Thanks, John. John wrote that, by the way. I never wrote that. <laughs> You know, I'm like poor. I'm, I'm no fucking great. I'm not like poor on my own stuff. <laughs> um, what we want to bury and what we want to put over. First of all, I want to put over uh, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. They started a dynamite last night. 30, 30 minute time limit. I thought to myself, halfway through it, they should just let these guys go to time limit. Uh, that's what they did. The expectations were met. Match built beautifully. Slow wee start. Built up. Ramped up. The boys were coming out with all their best stuff. You know, they've, they've still kept some stuff um, aside for when they meet again. But I just thought it was fantastic, man. I just thought it was too... I really love Kenny Omega's music. I really love Kenny Omega's annoying face when mm. he's in that ring. Uh, and I just... They, they two guys are perfectly matched against each other. Uh, I love that. Everybody, and Sorry, Gredo. No, I keep cutting you off. Everybody was mourning about the end, the main event. What happened? I never saw that. Well, before we get to that, the Sorry. other thing I want to talk about <laughs> on the show is Sting and Darby Allen. Um, Sting is what, 61? I think so. I was born the same days. Well, not exactly the same days, but the same birthdays, man. Sting, at his age, competing at that level, uh, last night on Dynamite is just incredible to me. It's incredible to me. Incredible to me, it was it was brilliant. I love to see it. I love to see that. You know what I mean? You can see he's still in great shape. The guy, uh, he's kept his cell right. He's lived a healthier life than most wrestlers. I would I would imagine, and he he's just got it. And that team is great. See him and Darby Allen. That's a great team. A great team. They draw the eye. I had it on in the living room, and you know people were walking into the room. My mother-in-law and that you know were sitting there. And, you know, and you just see them with their face paint and stuff like that, and you're kind of like, oh, look at him. He's face painting. Oh, he looks cracking. Just that, <laughs> isn't it? It's just, you know what I mean, though? Aye. It's just like, just star quality. Who's that, bro. man? 61 years old. Kind Who's of that, man? Grado, what you like? What are you putting over? What are you burying? I want to put over just the whole WWE coming back to the UK for their tour and sending everybody home happy. And I want to put down, or put, what did you say? Put, buddy, I want to... Ugh, nothing. I want to put down... Who are you putting down? I put down a dog. I want to, right, let's see what the punters are saying. Let's see what the punters are saying. Oh, you need to put over a Finn Balor, surely. Uh, well, that was good. That was good. Fuck's sake. 
B.A. Williams wants to put a Brian Pillman Jr. and the story has gone with MJF, which is like the kind of story I like as well. It's like personal and, and fucking terrible and MJF is just the worst. Have you seen, everyone's seen the promo that he cut, the other promos he's been cutting on Brian Pillman and his family are brutal. They are absolutely unreal. His tweets are hilarious, like just screen grabs he's all mono and all that. And it's, it's so... It's great, isn't it? Aye. Uh, B.A. Williams wants to bury Jim Cornette on his 60th birthday. How is that venomous scrotum? Scrotum, no DJ. I mean, that's no very pleasant chat. Can't say that. No, we don't like that kind of talk. Um, let's wish Jim Cornette a happy 60th birthday because, um, you know, it's a happy birthday, mate. Brian Feather run in a couple of weeks ago, got in touch. He says, put me over. I've moved house. And he's had his son, Brody. Oh, lovely. Wife Emily has been a champion tag team partner managing outside interference from four-year daughter Juno. Excellent big sister, mother and son happy and healthy. The house move has had a massive, brutal ending, totally been fucked like you would not believe. And then once they hype him, returning to a road story variant sketch about Grado. I just want to make the world laugh. Kind regards, a broken man. We'll get Brian on soon uh, to replace a road story. Man after main heart, you know, somebody that's basically putting himself over, even though it was his wife that had the wane and. Everybody else yeah, is yeah. right up my street, mate. He made it, made it about himself. But we'll, we'll yep. get Brian on to, to tell that story. I want to hear this road story variant sketch about Grado. Goshi wants to put over Dark Side of the Ring, Flight for Hell episode. As much as it was horrible to hear of what went on inside that plane, it was an interesting watch as I'd never known the story. And wants to bury Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer for Flair's actions and Dreamer's comments. I've not seen it yet myself. I haven't watched any Dark Side of the Ring stuff, but uh, obviously that was lighting up the internet. Lighting up the internet this uh, week, this past week. Paul wants to put over AEW running their biggest show to date this week. Card stacked, four action-packed duels between the two shows. Looking forward to it. The Scots, binge-watched it in Iwana. That's great. Glad to hear that, Paul. And wants to bury nothing. He's staying positive this week. I like it when people do that. Good one. Jamie wants to put over the Miz on Dancing with the Stars. Grado should do Strictly. Would you do Strictly if you get asked? Fucking right a bit. All right. But does everybody just, that does strictly no end up breaking up with our wives or girlfriends? Yeah, they do again that. Aye. Did we see that New Year show I was on with Susan Kalman and that? She was interviewing me and she asked me something like, Would you go on strictly? And I was like, Yeah, mad. I was like, Aye, much much you get paid for it. Much you get paid for it. And she was like, um, uh, go, I'll get cut. Anyway. <laughs> wonder how much you did get paid. Oh, mm. but you get paid. You must be on decent wage for that. Because, I mean, mm. you're, you're training from September and you might be in it right up to Christmas. You know, and then mm. you've got the live shows, got the full shebang. But I tell you, the, the rap party, the first one was a sport pilot. I probably, maybe I've told you this and I like to repeat my stories. But the guy, Tom, um, Tom McLennan. He was with this other guy for ITV and after the pilot, man, it was like, you know, free drinks and all this. And the two of them came out to me and went, up to me and went, we're trying. And I'm going, what are you talking about? The jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Just you, wait. The jungle. It's coming. This is your man. And Tom was pointing to the other guy. This is your man for the jungle. <laughs> and I'm going, I'd love that, mate. I'm going, Did you do the jungle? <laughs> oh, mate, I did the end of that. I'd date any of that shit, I'd do. Would you dare a whole, having to jump out of the plane or at the start? Aye, and do you know why I'd like to date, right? Because I'm legit. I'm fearless. See, I'm no fear of spiders, but see bees and wasps. I don't know if they actually do bees and wasps on it. But see, we are beer or what? I'm not, I, I can't. Think, I, I think I, they I definitely even... set, they set like a hundred wasps on you. I think that date, definitely date happens. Right. I've seen that before, aye. But the thing is, I like putting myself through through fear. I like, like I like being scared. 
see what happens. No, this is a funny way I went. I, this is a funny way I get to sleep, right? And it's been ever since I've done night shift in the fire brigade. Now, see when I worked in the fire brigade, the guy because we used to go down to our beds at night, right? Mm-hmm. Sleeping a wee kind of bed, a wee kind of what do you call that? A camp bed thing because we'd get yeah. four hours, we'd get four hours through the night where we could get to sleep. And there was an old guy used to me and him used to go go down and, and sleep in the toilet together. Right? <laughs> you can change his mind. Then he died, right? And then, <laughs> and then you know that way, like. Like after he died, I was like, oh no, he's still in here. <laughs> you could feel his presence. I could feel him. I was like, oh no, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to see his name in case he's Wayne's listening, but I was like, yeah. oh, I might see if you're there, man, when you go. <laughs> People saying it out loud. But the thing is, see if you're there on you go, what did you mean by that? I was just like, leave me alone. All right, right see if you're there going to piss off. Like, but, you know what? I, but you know what would happen? I would hear a noise like, and I go, oh fuck, that's him. And I'd fall, I'd fall asleep instantly. The weirdest thing. See, whenever I get scared, I is get that scared. No that. Is that no fainting? I just sleep. <laughs> it must be late fainting because see if I see if I hear something at night, right? Like something at the front door, like as if somebody's trying my door. I go <gasps> and fall asleep <laughs> all, the <time. laughs> all the time. So I like being scared. It kind of it relaxes me for some reason. The old guy. The old guy all wired ring. in the fire station, Grado. No, he died in his kitchen in the house. But, but why would he come back to his work? <laughs> I don't know. And it, it was pretty. It was weird because where my camp bed was was right outside his his uh, locker. Right. And I was just think, oh no, man. Do you think stunned. that man that's lived a full life dies and then when he comes back as a ghost, he says, "I want to go. I want to be forever in the place where I was happiest, <laughs> sleeping beside Grado in a wee camp bed." <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I done? But once, like, because this was this is only started in two thousand and nine. He died at the end of the year. So see, by about 2013, they still hadn't fucking emptied his locker. Oh, right. Really? See, one night, man, I was freezing. I went to his locker and took his jumper. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking <crazy. laughs> <laughs> And then I went up for the rest of my shift, and they're going, that's an old jumper. <laughs> Did you tell them? No, oh, they're a fuck. <laughs> right, uh, Sean wants to put her, Sean wants to put her Danielson thanking WWE and no burying them like everybody else, and especially thanking Vince, the big man he called him. And he wants to bury Reigns winning twice on Raw. Nothing against Reigns, but it was a good chance to have a big win for Big E, but no have Reigns pinned, so kept strong. CM Jakes wants to put over the AEW Owen Hart Foundation deal. Happy to see one of my all-time favourites finally getting honoured and offer a good cause too. And bury the folk getting their stupid wee knickers and a twist about it just because they hate AEW and Tony Khan. Money wee fannies. Too right, there is only one Tony Khan. Tony Khan. Woo! Right, CBD... And it's out there and it's going to help you with a number of daily issues sleep, chronic pain, anxiety, depression, stress, inflammation, gut issues, brain fog, and loads and loads more. Now, you came in, it's like post world lockdown, our mental health might not be the strongest, it can be a lifesaver for some. And us at Wrestling Daft, we've teamed up with Platinum CBD. Now, it's for Columbia Care, the world champion in the CBD world. Columbia Care have brought their expertise and CBD for the US to create a sophisticated CBD wellness range for Britain including CBD oil and peppermint and it's unflavoured it's an easy to take soft gel capsule and it's all THC free it's vegan friendly there's a 100% 
organic and it's backed with scientific research and it makes sure you get a premium CBD product every time. Now, I got sent this last week and it's brilliant and I'm no joking and I've gave it out to folk that I work with and they are loving the results. It's, see the drops, the drops you can take, I find the, sort, I find the drops that you put underneath your tongue for 30 seconds and it kind of takes away any anxiety. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, I, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking, right, I'm burst for the night before and I've got to go in, six o'clock until 10 and start doing the radio. And it can buff me out a wee bit. But ever since I've been putting, just a wee bit of my tongue, just like that, I've been feeling great. And I can only highly recommend it. Sleep's been brilliant as well. And I've also been taking the, the capsules. Um, but I, I really, really like the oil that you put in your mouth because it, it tastes quite nice and I feel as if it works dead instantly. You will be surprised to hear as well that my gut has actually taken a nice wee turn for a, for good as well, you know. Oh, fantastic. Ah, I mean, good, usually when good. I get to the, the radio, I'm having to take a wee kind of time out to go and deal with my ass muscles coming into gear and, and need to do a shite. But no, it's no, I'm not needing it until... Well, obviously, because the ass muscles don't kick in until you've been up for a wee while and stuff like that, yada, yada, yada. Everything has been completely comfort comfortable for me. What about you, John? I know that you've been taking some it to you. Well, no, I, I mean, uh, you have IBS issues, Grado. My wife has a, a chronic condition called uh, ulcerative colitis. Now, she's done loads of research in CBD, and she went on to the platinum stuff. And I've given her some of that. She said, we got, I got sent some as well, and I gave her something. She said it's really helped with her with that. I mean, she's done a lot of research into, like, on all the ulcerative colitis websites that she goes on to. And so many people are recommending CBD for help with, with which is a, t- a terrible, you know, chronic illness. Well, I'm going to put my neck in the line here. I know you's, everybody will be thinking I'm just saying this because this is a sponsor, but I've had CBD before that does nothing and it's a waste of money. But the Platinum CBD has been that good. And even to the point where this, I've gave some folk that I know some of the capsules and they've wanted me and they've bought me. So if you're listening and you want to get sorted out with a wee discount, get yourself to the Platinum CBD website, all you need to do is go to um, co-care.uk and you use the code DAFT20, so that's co-care.uk, use the discount uh, code DAFT20 uh, and you'll be able to get yourself a wee discount and once you do it, let us know how you go on because Wrestling Daft are now with Platinum CBD. Now, Grado, you've got a treat for us. Yes, so I caught up with former WWE champion. Drew McIntyre was back in the UK and I uh, was attending a press junket at the Marriott Hotel in Glasgow. And uh, yeah, this is my interview, short and sweet, um, with Drew McIntyre. Bear in mind, this is for Breakfast Radio and the podcast, so we couldn't get into the the uh, the ins and outs of the biz, but I'm sure you'll fairly enjoy the fact that he gave an interview from his home soil, soil just before he went out to wrestle with the hydro. Hydro, I give you Drew McIntyre. <laughs> welcome home, champ. What's welcome, up? welcome. It's your sale right enough. Tell me, Drew, how big is this for you personally this night? Obviously, we've been starved entertainment in the UK, live crowds, especially wrestling. How big is this for you to be here tonight? Amazing. Um, it's been so long since I've been home in general, like 18 months, when I was back for a media tour, I was in uh, London, I did some interviews, flew back to Scotland, was filming an advert for BT Sport, and then I was gonna 
come down. Apparently, it was a surprise party. Everyone was going to be. Were you going to be there? No, I thought you were going to be at Ibrox that night. Were you not? Were you not going to be at Ibrox? I was. I was supposed to be the game. Oh, you were going to be the game. That's what I was going to be. Surprise aye, party aye. as well. Um, so yeah. So then I got a text at one in the morning when I got to like Loch Lomond area saying, "Hey, we're having to pull you out. Uh, this thing's getting pretty bad with the COVID situation." And, um, yeah, right there and there, I just had to leave. Then I missed the Rangers game. I didn't see friends and family, and then suddenly we're in a worldwide pandemic. Everything has happened. Um, that's happened since then, and I've had the chance to kind of lead uh, the charge in WWE, especially right at the height of the pandemic, win the title, be the first ever British guy, Scottish guy, to do it, do some cool stuff. But the whole time, I was like, man, I really want to go home. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness for thank you, Mister Mrs. Zoom for inventing that thing aside all the money you made yourself it kept us all closer I was good to see the family's faces and that my nephew I've only seen a couple of times just looks like an actual little man now it's like saying words uh, so I'm excited to be back see the friends see the family but also for the fans like in the UK in general uh, I know how amazing they are our superstars know how amazing they are even the American ones are like oh man the UK fans they're always great what they're going to be like this trip I was like they're going to be mental and sure enough Newcastle was wild London was wild Cardiff was mental and I was like just wait to see Glasgow it's going to blow the roof off but I I was going to ask you as well I saw the video last night of you coming you, you kissed the grun um, <laughs> where, where did you go last night did you come straight to the hotel or have you had a chance to see your family your father have you uh, no I've not seen uh, them yet uh, chances are I'll probably get caught in camera since there's been so many cameras on me today so yeah. I'm excited to see them but uh, yeah I got back to uh, Glasgow and I kind of smartened up the social media uh, lad and said listen I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm pretty excited to be home. You might, if you want, if you got a camera, you might as well put it on. And then suddenly I was kissing the ground. As soon as I did it, I was like, man, <laughs> I don't want to be kissing the ground in Glasgow. <laughs> I've done it now. That's how excited I was to be back home. I did it then, thought well, that was a mistake to get some hand sanitizer on my face. <laughs> but yeah, that's how excited I was to be back home. And are you going to get fed anywhere tonight? Are you, are you, is there anything in particular, any kind of food oh, that you have? There we go. That's more of a Come on. question. Yes, exactly. Is there uh, anything for supper? Or a- yeah, I want the great British delicacy, Indian food. Like I wonder if it was somebody that's going to deliver after the show. I was like, I was just in the open top bus there. I was asking hey, traps, one of my buddies. You know, is the Indian restaurant that we used to go to after the show still open on the bridge? But I guess it closed. I know when you thought about that. It's shut. Yeah, it's open late. But listen, I can give you plenty of other places. <laughs> if you feel strong, like, after, let me know. I, I did like last time I was back. I did a half cheese piece of supper and chips. Yes. And my stomach can't handle it anymore. Like uh, I was ruined for well, two days. If you want pakora, then I'll show you pakora. <laughs> if I can do it, maybe like pakora. Kashmiri korma, I'm feeling, and some sweet naan. I'd like some of that. Oh, Papa Dom's with the mango chutney. Put that in your notes, Chris. Don't have any good Indian food in America. Like, Jinder has got some, like, friends or, like, uh, cousins. I mean, everyone kind of an Indian culture, like, our family. Uh, so wherever we go, he's always got someone who's like, oh, I've got a cousin here. And if they make the food themselves, it's good. But there's no good Indian restaurants in America. So that's the first thing I look forward to. And also, you make fun of my accent, which I've not done yet. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to kind of make a full of your accent, but... Um, <laughs> You're speaking a lot clearer right now. I just thought, the, like, last night I thought when I seen this video, I goes, I want to see Drew attempt a Scottish accent. Like, when you come out, I thought he's going to attempt a Scottish accent. But it was, the, it, you you have the least Ayrshire accent out of MD and Ayrshire. And I know you've been in America since you were 21 year old, but where does where it went, mate? The ton of it. Listen to it. I'm heavy Scottish right now. <laughs> like, like, listen, you know it's like when you go to America like, and then like you start talking to anyone. What? What's that? What? It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Every time you open your mouth, what? 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 
Um, but it would be the hardest accent in the world. When I first went to America, like I remember speaking to a couple of people, but especially Vince, clearly had no idea what I was saying. I was worried. The first time I ever met him, I was sitting in Cairn, just got signed, was in America like three weeks before I got put on the road. I was the fastest developmental wrestler to go to TV. And Vince just came into Cairn, sat in front of me. We talked for like five minutes. He went, okay, nice to meet you. And he walked off and I went, Oh man, he didn't understand what I said. I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> and then later on, uh, when I did the chosen one stuff, I was really like uh, frustrated and passionate about something I wanted to tell him. And I kind of stormed his office and I kind of told him exactly how I was feeling, what I was thinking. And then by the time I finished, he looked at me, nodding his head, kind of took a bite of steak. And then after composing himself for a second, I was waiting for the answer to to my many questions and many many issues. And all he said was. I think we're going to have to get you some elocution. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from that day forward, I worked very hard on my accent so the world could understand me. So everyone in Scotland, I'm sorry. There's a big world out there. Got to be understood. <laughs> Perfect, mate. You're a total pro, and it's a, a delight to see you back in Scotland, big man. Cheers, man. But smashing Iron Brew like crazy. Uh, see, that's what we want. Uh, you you be drinking Iron Brew? Oh yeah, one of the lads got me a big pack of it. I've been drinking it every day. Right, right. Take some it up the road. It's a bit different though. A bit. I don't know if it's a uh, formula. I don't even start this. He's, you've you've been away, but Iron Brew took so much. Oh, sugar. I saw what was going on. Ah, uh, you saw it. Yeah, yeah. I think I said something in the, in the social media. But Iron Brew, get it fixed. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Aye, it's it's a touchy subject up here. <laughs> uh, you, you don't mention. I mean, I I tried the new Iron Brew, and they asked me for thoughts on it, and I says, "Well, I drink diet anyway, so it makes no difference." The heat I go online. Were, everybody was saying you've been paid off Iron Brew Iron Brew how can you say that the worst heat I've ever heard was talking about Iron Brew so anyway good catching up with you mate <laughs> you coming to the show I'm no mate no because I've got, I've, got, I've got stuff to do tonight oh, that's alright but yeah. you want to get my stuff today at least I said you're going to the range I'm going to the Brooks I'm sitting at home not watching you wrestle I just want to ask you a quick one Drew have you, have you took time to speak to some of the, the superstars that have not been to Glasgow yet to, to let them know <laughs> if they're getting on the mic the it's night that it's Glasgow or yes, Glasgow yes I correct them every time somebody says it I correct it and then I, as soon as I saw Edge I at the last pay-per-view I was like mate it's not a glass cow grin <laughs> There's no glass cows. They can search Glasgow high and low, but you're not going to find any glass cows. It's Glasgow. Ready, steady, go. If you want to get fancy, Glasgow. Just ready, steady, go. Just think of that. There's no glass cows. It drove me nuts when I was a kid. When I didn't realise it was obviously a wild line to pump in just for the UK, because JR's voice would change so much. Right. Like, Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to Glasgow. As a kid, I was like, one of these days, I'm going to correct them all. And today is that day. I correct them all. Brilliant. Brilliant. You just made the list! No, you can make lists about everything. Shops, to-do lists, even wrestling. <laughs> John, this is the weakest fucking You make lists about everything. Shops, what does that mean? Do you make a list of shops? You mean shopping lists? Aye, shopping, maybe, but no fucking shops. Shops, to-do lists. What's your to-do list like, John? I've got a long... Challenge a Lord Provost to a fight. Um, yeah. Gee... Pump George Bowie full of uh, tranquilizers. <laughs> I, I heard, John, that part of your job as a producer at Radio Clyde is you need to inject all that mad milk stuff into George Bowie that Michael Jackson was on. <laughs> a fucking propofol, whatever it's called. No, we can make lists about everything. John's right about that. And you can vote for what you want us to talk about in these lists by joining us at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. And I can't believe it. After a losing streak longer than Heath Slater's, we love Heath Slater here on this show. 
The best ECW champions finally won with 60% of the vote, beating off the best NXT moments. Gredo, you're the man for this list. Who are the top three ECW champions? Number three. Of, <laughs> of all time. Number three. Taz. Why is that? Taz, uh, right, you think... When you think about it, Taz was a wee bit before his time in the early 90s. That kind of shoot-fighting gimmick, the suplexes, made it look real. And Taz, in the early 90s, basically had a mega career-ending injury that probably should have ended his career, but it never, because he came back and he gave an ECW a real kind of shoot-feel, kind of fighter-feel, street fighter, UFC, MMA, and it was very unique at the time when you compare how they were, who were the champions on the other channels at the time. And I'd say it gave that a lot of credibility. And I would say Taz is number three. My number two is Terry Funk. I think Terry Funk wow. was a guy that obviously throughout the years had wrestled everywhere. And then he comes to ECW, I run about the Bailey Legal pay-per-view, their first pay-per-view, and Terry Funk being an ECW champion, we have legend, a veteran like Terry Funk, gave that belt mega, mega credibility. That's a good shout, by the way. And number one, my favourite ECW champion of all time, without a doubt, is Mike Awesome. Yes, man! Love fucking Mike Awesome. Love him. And just... You know, what a big man, the the best big man ever, can still go back and watch his matches with um, Masato Tanaka, his matches with Balls Mahoney, I love that. I just love every Mike Awesome match, but what was exciting about him being ECW champion, at the time, man, folk would have been after nuts. I can just imagine folk writing in, burying Mike Awesome being the ECW champion and then jumping to WCW. I was I was only like twelve at the time, so I couldn't really grasp it. I, but I just imagine how exciting that would have been, like him turning up on Nitro when he's ECW champion, and there's a rumors going about that Paul Heyman's no paying everybody right, and the 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 um the the rivalry between ECW and like WCW and WWF, and the fans getting after nuts, and then obviously ultimately ECW. Mike Awesome coming back. I'm sure was it Taz he wrestled. He dropped the belt to Taz, came through the crowd, left through the crowd. Oh man, the fucking best. The best. So he is my number one ECW champion. Right, and I'll just read the uh, Warrior Yeah, let's hear what the panels are saying as well. Karate Warrior too. He says he only got to watch ECW via real player. Wow, so did I watch the real player? Of here and stuff less in a super pixelated dial up internet stream. But I'll go with Taz. If a company's fans welcome you back for the WWF to take care of business, there we go. It was the Mike Awesome leaving for WCW World Champion. Then you must have earned the respect big time. Don't get me wrong, when he did leave and everybody knew he was leaving, he, he was getting shot on, but I suppose it was still pretty cool. I agree with that. And that's amazing to see somebody else was watching stuff on real player as well. Craig says, I know it wasn't strictly the ECW title that RVD, 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 RVD won at One Night Stand versus Cena, as he was awarded that afterwards, but I've always loved that match, so he gets my vote. Ant says, Shane Douglas, great heat and synonymous with the belt. I agree, what a man. Love all his old promos, love going back. And in actual fact, if you listen to a couple of Shane Douglas's interviews for years and years ago, a lot of stuff what he said about folk back then is making a lot of sense now. A few folk will get what I'm talking about when I say that. 
Uh, Kevin, he says, Bam Bam Bigelow. He didn't hold the TV title or the heavyweight belt for long, but had some good matches while defending them. Jan says, Mikey Whipreg, the whole underdog story, and then him finally getting the belt in a match with Sandman and Steve Austin. A bit like me and Drew. Uh, ICW, I think it reminds me. Anyway, Rhino's TV title run at the end of ECW was a banger too, especially for that company that didn't even have any tele shows at the time. John says, Mike Awesome, very underrated. And CMJ says, Vince McMahon, bring on the hate. But did anybody see um, what I thought was quite fun a couple weeks ago? Zack Ryder, when he was defending his GCW heavyweight title. I've not seen it, but I've heard about it. Did you see what he, see what he wore? No. Right, remember when Vince was the ECW heavyweight champion and he had the, uh, what do you call that, the, the bandana? Remember that black bandana that he yeah, had yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the black jumper? Remember yeah. that? Well, he wore that to defend brilliant. his GCW. See, like that, like ECW champion Vince, I fucking loved that. Did you that see that, Rob? brilliant. That is brilliant. I didn't see it. Ah, it was good. Anyway, yeah. that results our uh, poll. <laughs> Listen, we've we've just had to me and Grado have just had to delete a road story. Once again, we just kind of felt it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't something we can feature, it wasn't something that was appropriate. Um however, John has said that he can replace this now with a road story of his own. I can't wait to hear this. It's obviously going to involve George Bowie somewhere. Um here we go. This is a producer John's own road story. So get in the car with John. Take the floor. I take the not the floor. Get in you have the, the wheel. All right. Okay. No, I'm driving. He's in the fucking back. All right, so you have the passenger seat. All right. How you doing, guys? You all right? Shut thanks, up. Thanks for giving me off. I know I'm. I know I'm a young. I know I'm the young boy in this situation. I know you guys are showing me the rope, but I thought I'd try and impress you with some of my fantastic stories while we're in this car journey together. All right, I can see Rabs in his phone. No listening. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> I was on holiday with the boys, first first kind of lads holiday, and um, you know, lads holidays are lads holidays, and you, you, you're not used to drinking when you're 17, do you know what I mean? So you're, you're, you're into the blue wickets, you're into your hoochies, you're into just drinking anything, shots, you know, coming here for a shot, everywhere you go, shots here, shots there, everywhere, anyway. So we're out in Magaluf, and I'd had quite a few drinks at this point, shots everywhere, feeling a wee bit worse for wear. Um, so we end up going to this club, I say club, I don't know if it was one of these, it's one of these bars, turns nightclub kind of gimmicks, you know. <laughs> Alright, yeah, fucking right, we get it, a club, right, a bar. Right, you're on a bar, mate. Right. For sake, man. Just go on, right? I don't mean like a club, like a golf club. I mean like a bar. I don't mean like, you know, like a club, like a caveman would use. We'll be to Spain, mate. Right, so you be in Magaluf then. Shaggle if they caught, shaggle if they caught. Right, that's enough of that. Yeah, easy. Sorry, sorry. So, I, so the, we goes downstairs into this bar, and out all my mates, I'm, I'm kind of the only wrestling fan, so they hadn't really, at this point, The Rock was quite big, you know, and I, I tried to explain who The Rock was. <laughs> they didn't really know who The Rock was. So I, I was pretty pissed by this point, and I said, listen, he's brilliant, he does this thing called the people's elbow, right? So I then proceeded quite drunkenly to go, right, I'll show you what he does, I'll show you what he does. So I got up on this empty dance floor, quite <laughs> drunk at the time, and then tra- performed what I would call the people's elbow. So I did the kind of 
<laughs> what I would call the roll bounce part of it. So I bounced from one side, bounced to the other. Something happened, I didn't know. I then performed the whole people's elbow in the middle of the dance floor, really impressing the ladies at this point, obviously. Executing a perfect people's elbow in the middle of the dance floor. Anyway, unbeknownst to me, while performing said people's elbow on the dance floor, what I'd actually done we hadn't been what I thought was the ropes. I'd been a full table of drinks, which I gently pushed over and collapsed a full dress table of drinks while executing the people's elbow on the dance floor. At this point I got a tap on my shoulder saying, mate, that was just a full round of drinks. You get yourself to the bar and fucking <laughs> those back I'm like, alright, alright. But obviously being sort of seventeen at the time, I didn't have much money left on me, you know, I hadn't ca- cashed oh, the old I cash the old travellers check grade you know? Oh I so, I thought I've got two options here can borrow off my mates who are sitting pissing themselves laughing at this point still no idea who the rock is uh, and then or I've got another option I will do a ghost and run the fuck out of the club so option number two it was as I ran up the, st- I ran up the steps sprinted down Michael's main street only for see a man running like the road runner behind me you're joking you're getting chased co- Yes, and caught up with me. Now this guy, you know, I was no rock. This man must have been, you know, he he, he would have. You, he you would, did, you're saying you didn't look like the rock? No, he <laughs> would have been a he would have been a contender. He would have been a contender. This boy in the in between the, the ropes. Anyway, I got a t- <laughs> he caught up with me, tapped me on the shoulder, says, "Mate, give us the money for the drinks." I said. I don't have any money, mate. I, I, I started doing the old sympathetic, you know. It's my first lad's holiday. I don't have any money. Anyway, the guy was a pure gentleman about it. He let me go. Luckily, needless to say, he knew who The Rock was. Aye, after that. So, to oh, their perspective, that's they're that's just... That's, that's funny. That was funny. To their perspective, they're just sitting at a table and then a boy just comes and fucking <laughs> flips the table right off. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There, there you, you go. go that was good. See, that was see, that was good. You Getting saved the day, John. You saved the day. J- you saved the day. You saved yeah. our careers. Mm, you saved the day. Plenty more where that came from, by the way. Jesus Christ! You're the hero of today's show, without a shadow of a doubt. What's another week? Go on, go on, please send in road stories. Please, please get your road stories in, so I don't have to tell any more embarrassing stories. So get them on in Facebook messages wrestlingdaft at gmail.com if you're a patron get them on in the DMs of Patreon because listen it saves me embarrassing myself Thank and you. that's it for Wrestling Daft please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or get us and wherever you get your podcast. mine for more content there's loads this week uh, video version of the show whole load of stuff on the Patreon you need to get on there patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft I'll put up my pictures of uh, me in a bus and Sean Devario oh a special treat yeah. you're going to get taken behind the scenes just like you or one of the boys. And why not check out our merch at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Gredo, we need to choose a listener of the week. I think we should gear, in the spirit of solidarity with fellow wrestling fans, I think we should gear to Absham um, for his, his, his thoughts no. about AEW. You don't think so? Because right. I like it when people come in with big extent. Uh, you're right. Even if I don't agree with them, I respect people coming in 
we developed thoughts about wrestling. Put so, neck in the line. Yeah, let's let's give it to Absham who fearlessly came in and expressed his opinion. That's what we well like. Well that's what we like to hear. Uh, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really going to miss you, everybody. Um, next week should be an interesting episode, I think, of Wrestling Daft, because me and Gredo are going to be doing a wee bit of filming together over the weekend. Yes. And I think by the time next week rolls around, everybody oh, will know. Oh, a special project will be revealed. Oh, well, everybody well, will know what that project is. Seriously, will, will it? Do you think we will be able to announce it next week? I think we'll be able to talk about it next week. Right. Aye. And it's funny, we're not going to say anything too much about it, but. I bet I'm not saying that. Don't say anything, but. <laughs> right, but okay. But uh, yeah, so we I'm, might have our own road trip because me and Rab are gone away for a couple of days. I'll be able to say something about it next week. And it's thanks to you guys. It's thanks to the listeners, as <laughs> always. Thank you to the listeners. There's only one Tony Can get up the road. It's just Audio Frontier. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.